when we started this adventure, we both knew we wanted to become more resilient and we wanted to have a lighter footprint. How are we doing? Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, beginners learning subsistence farming using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make allness statements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian, and welcome to our podcast of May 11th, 2011. You ask a good question there at the beginning, Lee, of we need to do a little check on ourselves. How are we? moving along toward accomplishing the goals we set for ourselves when we started this whole adventure. You know, um, when we started, I was saying we need to become more resilient. And you were saying we need to um, have a lighter footprint. We yes. need to care for the earth more. Yes. And what we've discovered and have reported here on the podcast before is the extraordinary junction between those two, the solutions for both of them are so similar that the fact that we come to this from different perspectives has really not presented much challenge for us at all. Right. It's been, it's been good. Um, but I do think we want to look at the big picture of, of what we're doing. And, and so we've talked about maybe the first podcast following Mother's Day every year revisiting our goals and seeing how we're doing. And, yeah, and so and I, I think that's a, a good goal. Yeah, it's that time. Well, uh, you've mentioned the idea that, or somewhere you got the idea that 10,000 hours is what it takes to somewhere I got that idea. learn to be right. really good at something. <laughs> like, are we getting to be good at farming and at, <clears throat> and at this lifestyle uh -huh. and so forth? Yeah. And, and are we developing the systems that we need? Right. Um, and... <laughs> What I did is, in a, I assumed that our progress should be linear, which is perhaps a bad assumption. It could be that our progress should be front-loaded. Hmm. You know, we, we stepped onto a very steep learning curve, and is it fair for us to assume we'll be learning as much four years from now as we are today? And I, I think can't we, answer that. I yeah, I can't either, but just because <laughs> the math becomes manageable, I've assumed that our progress should be linear. And okay. if it is, uh, based on our having started this in November of 2009, uh, we should be 30% along the way. Oh, my goodness. I don't think we are. I, I, don't, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that we have more than, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm being hard on us because I look out at, at Veg Hill at all we've planted when <clears throat> in November 2009, yeah, I had planted a small garden, or we had, the summer before, but it was so random. We didn't know, you know, the, we didn't have the faintest idea of, you know, read the seed packet and figure out where you plant the, yeah, how I, deep to plant the seed. That was about it. For what it's worth, my impression is we're further than 30% along really? the way. Okay. And, and that's probably as it should be because of that mm -hmm. issue about, you know, we're we should have learned more in the early stage than mm -hmm. we are able to learn two years from yeah, now or whatever. Yeah. And we'll talk more about the food, but I know that we've, as we sketched out our ideas for today, you, you, we've got certain topics we want to cover in order. Yeah, so, what, I've, um, what I thought we might do is just take these, say, you know, let's talk about shelter, then mm -hmm. food, then water, 
than community Okay. and uh, take them in order. So you want to talk about shelter, shelter first? Yeah, well, we have it. <laughs> we have some. We live in our pole barn in the apartment. Um, it's uh, all in all comfortable. We have talked over the past few weeks how this is a temporary arrangement in terms of the way we have things organized. And uh, once we build a lodge and more storage space, we can realigns a few things down here. Yeah, not temporarily living in the barn. That's permanent. Right. No, temporarily the living. configuration of our apartment with this here configuration. is temporary. Right. Um, you know, if you could look at my, you know, the speakers over there by the, their wires all over the floor that need, to, you know, I want to have a cabinet enclosing those. That's not really shelter, strictly speaking, except that, you know, I want the environment we live in to be pleasing and easy to clean and, you know, fun to come home to. So, and it is fun to come home to, but I do think the quality of our lives here will be better when I don't have things sitting out in the aisle of the storage room. Everything's in a bin. It's it's organized the way we want it to be. All right. Um, and I'm going to be more focused on are we accomplishing our goal of living in a resilient way? And I think the answer is we are doing rather well. Yeah, Not I think so. perfect, but rather well. Um, we don't have any need for heat other than the wood stove and an occasional use of the infrared lamp in the bathroom when you take a shower in the wintertime. And, and then when I go out in the cold weather to uh, do laundry early in the morning or something, then I have you'll to have use the, the, the infrared yeah. in, the, uh, in the storage room. Right. Um, then, uh, so that's working well, and staying cool in the summertime is working much, not as well as we hoped, but better than our friends thought possible. Yeah. Sometimes we have to use the air conditioning and the dehumidifier. We don't want to have mildew problems again this year, so we will try to keep the humidity level down in, in here. And let's talk about how much. Last summer, we calculate we used the air conditioner and dehumidifier maybe 20 hours mm -hmm. for the total summer, which is just, that is so small as to um, not create any issues as far yeah. as I'm concerned. Yeah. As long as we can keep the usage down that low, we mm -hmm. have not yet had to use the air conditioner or dehumidifier overnight. And we've been hanging a lot more clothes out and linens out on the uh, line to dry outdoors and not have to use the dryer as much. We actually started that practice last August, so it's been less than a year that we've been doing this, and, and we've noticed lower utility bills from that. Actually, we've lowest, we've noticed unchanged utility yes, bills. Yes, but the reason is the drip tape. The exactly. Drip, yeah. We started drip irrigating at a, ex, almost exactly the same time yeah. we stopped using the dryer, and the two sort of canceled each other yeah. out. So. And we needed to do the drip. We're going to talk about food later, but the drip, uh, whatever system we have there, at least for now, that's a necess necessity to keep the food growing. So, um that was not an option that we have at the moment. And, of course, we're adding the lodge up the hill. That is due to happen beginning this summer, and everything is on track for that. In the lodge, um, it's capable of operating without the heat pump when if you really had to do so. But, of course, we're planning to entertain there and therefore, we are going to play host to people whose sensibilities are different from mm -hmm. ours. So we'll use the, the heat pump and the air conditioning when we need to. But we plan to have the wood stove up there. So when I, we say the heat pump, we probably will use it a lot more for air conditioning than we will for 
providing heat. That would be my guess. I'm guessing. Yeah. Uh, unless we have a really cold winter and guests up there at the same time. Although there is no um, heat other than the heat pump for the bedrooms. You're tr- right. So if we had a guest up there in the cold winter time, they would probably use yeah, the heat pump yeah. and then just use the wood stove to, you know, you would have the the heat pump would take the edge off and then you would have the wood stove keep everything toasty in the yeah, family room. Yeah. That, that, at least that's our assumption. That, I think so, too. And we're hoping to add uh, photovoltaic panels to the south-facing surface of the pole barn, which will uh, give us the necessary electric power for very low-power applications that we need. Yeah, so it'll be good to have that yeah. as a part of the plan. All right, so let's shift to food. How are okay. we doing there? Well, I think we're growing better and smarter than we did before. I agree. Uh, the first year, we had the deer damage. Last year, we had the benefit of the uh, <clears throat> the fence to, to protect from that. We still had some issues with the soil. You know, we planted a lot of veg in some pretty lousy soil. We sure did. And um, including wet feet for the tomatoes and, you know, just because of poor drainage. And there's all, no, there's none of that. Every veg we're planting for this summer is going to be in good prepared soil. Yes, either compost. We're taking away our excuses. Yes, aren't we? that's right. We, it's, it's either going to be planted. Some of it's in compost. Of course, that's that's already turned that we generated here yeah. on the farm. Or that that uh, froggy bottom soil, super soil. Super so. soil. So we'll see. I mean, it, we're we're learning, and hopefully, I'm getting smarter about what kinds of seed to order and what kind of plants and. Um, and we've, I've planted some more this week, and I think the one thing I would do differently next year is get it in there earlier, but we've already talked ad nauseum about why we got delayed this year with the sale of the house. So, you know, I, I hope that we'll improve even more so next year over and, what we're doing. And another thing, this is not part of becoming resilient, but it is a, a decision you and I have made. You got fussed at by one of your friends who's been uh, trying to keep up with what we're doing and didn't see enough photos. We're going to do a better <laughs> job of, of having photos on Longleaf Breeze yes. of what we're doing here. I took pictures of the uh, snow peas, of the, the spring peas, and put them on Facebook. So there's yeah, a beginning. Facebook doesn't count. You got to give them to me. I got to get them on Longleaf Breeze. Don't just put it on Facebook okay. and think you've accomplished your goal. Okay. Well, I've got them on my computer, so you're welcome to them. Uh, We have needed to use a good bit of amendment that we have purchased off-farm. Primarily, I'm thinking that's super soil. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not cheap. We can't keep doing that, but I don't think we're going to need to because we're learning more about what we're doing. I think this is a one-time thing here where we're trying to jumpstart the fertility of our rows and our our compost is working just as well. We just didn't have enough of it. Yeah. And if we don't have to do every row the way we're having to do every row this year, we hope that the compost will be enough. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're hoping over the next few years and just building up the soil. We're using cover crop cover crops to uh, amend the soil when it's yes. not in use. So that should help too. And those that sun hemp we planted on the east side last year has created some nice long root channels, and we mm-hmm. hope that the the veg we plant this year will be able to take advantage of that. So um, you know we're we're sort of feeling like we've made good progress on the food part. Um, 
got a lot to go, but and um, I think we're doing a good job of feeding ourselves with that vegetable absolutely planting. I yeah. mean, you know, we had pumpkin soup and we've made various vegetable soups with collards and kale and whatever we have a lot of. And just this morning, I got up and cut up the very last little cabbage yes, that goodbye, was gleaned fall from, veg. The, from the fall veg and the very last of the Brussels sprouts from that. Which probably is a nice segue into this whole conversation about putting up uh, food for the winter time. Mm-hmm. When you and I began this process, our assumption was that we would grow a whole lot of food in the summer and that we would want to can it or freeze it mm-hmm. and be pulling from it all winter. Yes. That hasn't worked out quite that way. No. And we didn't need to with the, the nature of the veg. Um, and I know we talked earlier on podcasts about how we were able to store winter squash and sweet potatoes, pumpkins, etc. over the course of the wintertime and the fall veg produced some. So we haven't needed to do it. We've extended our growing season. So the big aha for us so far in the food growing arena has been the extraordinary productivity of fall veg, which we call it fall, but it's really winter. Yeah. It's, it kicks in about November or maybe early December. And this year has continued until now. Here we are in May eating Brussels sprouts that were part of the winter veg. Mm-hmm. And as I said, I've, I've stored those in the refrigerator for a couple of weeks or maybe a week and a half. That's so, right. They've, they um, haven't been growing on Veg mm-hmm. Hill for a couple of weeks, but you know they have kept until yeah. now. Yeah. And they've overlapped nicely with the spring peas. Oh, we're doing great as far as especially those uh, sugar snaps and Ooh, boy, snow those peas. are tasty. Yeah, we got like a lot of those. candy. So, you know, we're, and then, then we've got a few cherry tomatoes forming. Sure. Well, good. actually, there are plenty of them that are formed. We have a few that are actually ripening. Yeah. Um, so, all there. of that is, th- <clears throat> there's a nice overlap there that's uh, neat to see. Yeah, lettuce. And we're able to fill the gap with soup we've frozen, you know, cooked mm-hmm. earlier and yeah. frozen. Yeah. And uh, with some veg. Yeah. We're, we've not really enjoyed eating veg. That we've frozen after cooking. Yeah, the texture's changed. And, you know, and I've read enough to know that if we really want to do that, we need to blanch it to freeze it. And we also would, some of them probably would need to be canned. So anyway, but. we've not done that. We haven't done Uh, that. We haven't saved seed. uh -uh, Our own. Well, a little bit. Actually, I'll qualify that. A little bit of a pumpkin. But but by and large, uh, that's an area for growth. Mm Mm-hmm. We've not had any livestock yet, yeah. um, and that's an area for and growth. And in our cases, we've talked about chickens or goats. All right, so now let's talk about water. <clears throat> we are still <clears throat> pulling from the deep water well, 228-foot well. Our plan, of course, is to be able to harvest rainwater and to irrigate from the pond. That's <clears throat> all uh, sort of near-term. We're hoping yeah. to be able to do that before too much longer. So, And when we have arrived at that point that we're able to harvest and pump rainwater and pump from the pond all using the PV that's mounted on the barn, we will feel like we've accomplished that goal of yes. resilience as it relates to water. That's I right. Think. We're not there yet, and since that's part of our question for today, but we do have, um, I think with the well, yes, we're dependent on electricity, but we have the propane generator, 
if we were to yeah, now have that's, a power outage. That <clears throat> is not true resilience. That's just sort of tiding us over. Well, uh, I agree. But my point was we don't have city water. Um, so in some cases, I mean, by comparison, I'd say it's more resilient to have your own well than it is to be dependent on city water or a water supply. Okay. I believe that to be true All because right. if something happened to a water supply, uh, you, you could have issues. So All right. Just Let's move that. on to community. <clears throat> okay. Um, I put on our little outline that we use that this is perhaps our lowest grade, and you said, I disagree with me. So uh, why don't you make your case, and then I'll make mine. I, to clarify, I disagree with you, not myself. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think that the way we've gotten involved at our church, that has become our community. And that's exactly what we did when we first moved to Vestavia Hills, 30 years ago, or however long ago it was, 28, um, that, you know, that became our community. And yes, as you get involved in other activities, you begin to know people from those contexts and form friendships as well. But it's kind of a natural thing that we start with the group of people with whom we know we have something in common, the basis for, for being uh, church members together. So I think we are we should give ourselves a pretty good grade. All right, and I will accept that as it relates to our feeling a part of that community, we've we've done well. Um, as you already suspect, my concern is that we need to be reaching out to the community of people who are much closer to the farm yeah. than that, yeah. and we've not yet done a good job of that, and that is an area for growth. So. Let, let's agree that we look at community in two different ways, and therefore we see it a little differently. We see it a little differently. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to be realistic about what I can and do and what I have time to do. Um, so um, I guess that's the summary of the how are we doing on this idea of moving toward resiliency. Anything occur to you that we have left out in that conversation? Uh, I was just glad that we no longer have a second house to maintain. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm much more resilient truth. when I don't have to go um, and, you know, pay a power bill for some house I don't even live in, that kind of thing. And I will say I'm happy that we have our banking relationships here in town now. Mm -hmm. uh, that was another move that um, it, we everything we are now um, we've moved all of our banking arrangements to BB and T here in Tallahassee, and we don't have that spread out all over the place. Yeah. And I think that's good. Yeah. So. Well, we hope to make this an annual tradition. I know we're running out of time for today. Uh, I think right before we leave, I do need to congratulate you on receiving your extra ticket for ham radio. Thank you. you want to I just was delighted to have that behind tell, me. Tell tell briefly what your current certification is now that's it extra ticket for mm. ham radio but you and passed uh, over the weekend you passed, passed the technician, technician and the general on saturday and the extra ticket on monday night so, so. i've now done all the testing you can do for ham radio at, unless i get some specialization i think but yes. basically okay. it's done well that's great so uh those of you with ham radio uh should you tell them your sure ak4if is my call sign. So, so um, well, well, thank you so much for joining us this week, and we look forward to catching up with you again next week. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. 
We'd love to hear from you. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log, check in with Lee and Amanda, and talk with other listeners. That's longleafbreeze.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week.